Hi, it's Ella, the host of For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. I wanted to first of all thank you for listening and supporting an independent podcast. I'm an aspiring motivational speaker and marketer who wanted to give a platform to other risk takers, empire builders, and out of the box lifers in the world. By listening, you are showing support for everyday folks like you and myself pursuing the lives they've always wanted by ditching societal norms and dedicating time to others. To show more support, feel free to leave a review on iTunes and subscribe on Spotify. You can also find the show on iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcast, and many other independent platforms. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you are feeling inspired. Welcome back. I am hope you are having a magical week as you listen to this. I am super excited. I have been wanting this guest to come on the show for a long time. This is Victoria M. Gallagher. She is a law of attraction hypnosis. She specializes in career and business success, helping entrepreneurs, business professionals, and personal growth seekers for the last 23 years to develop a success-oriented mindset. Victoria has dedicated her life to empowering people all over the world to successfully live a life of liberty that is aligned with their dreams through online coaching courses, challenges, and masterminds. Her humongous library of over 500 self-hypnosis recordings, which can be found on her five-star rated HypnoCloud app. She's a best-selling and award-winning practical law of attraction author and Just go ahead, give me a warm welcome as we hear from Victoria. Victoria, super excited to have you on the show. Would you mind going ahead and giving us an introduction to your fabulous self? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, you you pretty much covered it there, but I I will say, um, yeah, I've been a hypnotherapist for the last 23 years and I, you know, actually written about four books now. And I have my um, amazing HypnoCloud app, which is soon to be called something different. (laughs) But uh, we're not revealing the name yet until we get a little closer to to the launch. And uh, yeah, I live here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona with my three cats and my husband in that order. (laughs) Now, Actually, it goes three cats, then me, then my husband. <laughs> yeah, well, you always put the cats first. I mean, exactly. It's so their lucky. house. Yeah, we're so lucky to be able to pay rent and have them live in our house. Mine is sitting beside me right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that kind of that that kind of covers it. Uh, as far as you know the. I mean, it somewhat covers <laughs> who I am and, and how I came into this being. Yeah. Is there any pivotal moments that inspired you to go into hypnosis and to be a writer? Absolutely. So the two things happened at, at two very d- distinctly different times. Um, the hypnosis happened and it wasn't anything I was expecting. I didn't think I want to be a hypnotist when I grow up. (laughs) It's not something that most people, you know, really think that they, that they want to do. I did grow up thinking that I wanted to help people. Um, even before I, uh, became a stockbroker, which I'm getting into in a second. But before I did that, I, 
uh, wanted to help people with my voice. And I, uh, at the time I wanted to be a singer. And so fast forward to, um, you know, a couple decades later, I ended up as a stockbroker, just kind of following in my father's footsteps. Um, that was something that he did. And, you know, so I thought I'd kind of give that, that a whirl. And after about a half dozen years of being relatively successful in that kind of really feeling like I had, I had it made, I had everything going wonderfully in my life. I started kind of feeling like just losing my passion, started feeling depressed, started feeling anxious, started just kind of feeling like, what the heck is wrong with me? Why don't I feel you know, enthusiastic about getting up and, and, you know, I, I really, really wanted this at one point and, you know, and, and so I went and I started uh, doing a lot of personal development uh, seminars. And as a result of doing the seminars is when I started really feeling like, you know what, I think I want to be involved in this somehow. And it was at that time that I decided that I wanted to have um, a humongous website with lots of um, these. At the time, I didn't know that they were going to be hypnosis, but I wanted to have uh, people, um, you know, download these audios that they could use to help them with their personal growth and um, to just to kind of figure out like how I was going to make those hypnosis scripts or how I was going to make those scripts, I started doing a lot of research online and I came across a hypnosis certification training that was going to be happening in my area in like two weeks. And I said, huh, I think that's what I want to do. And so I signed up for the class and uh, before you knew it, I got certified in hypnotherapy and started really working on this website. And that's, how I started creating these, uh, these hypnotherapy recordings. And before I was even ready, my, uh, my boss found out what I was doing. Cause I got a business license and I, you know, I really started like really pursuing this and my boss, whereas the stockbroker, he gave me a 30 day ultimatum. Uh, this is before I was even making any money or anything. Um, and, uh, he said, you know, cause I was renting an office. I was going to start seeing clients as a hypnotherapist and all of that. And he gave me a 30 day ultimatum. And so I decided to follow my heart and do what I love. Um, and that was over 23 years ago. That was in, uh, July, literally July, 1999. So 23 years ago, uh, to this day. <laughs> it, it baffles me that, you can get fired for having a passion outside your full-time job. Mm -hmm. It just, because they're paying, I mean, yeah, they're paying a livable wage or whatnot, but why? I think nowadays people, especially millennials, they have to have more than one source yeah. of income. Yeah. I think, you know, it, at the time it was really maybe difficult to understand exactly what it was that I was pursuing or what I was doing. 
you know, um, the financial services industry is a highly, highly regulated industry. So they always want to make sure that there's like no conflict of interest. It's hard to imagine what they would have done these days, you know, but back then, I mean, this is, we're talking 1999, the internet was pretty new. Um, you know, hypnotherapy was also not as well known. And so just the fact that I had this business license to do something else that was completely out of this realm, I think, you know, back then, it's just hard to explain. I But I'm glad in a way that that I had to make that decision because I think so many people these days, they're just, it really, I had to prove to myself that I could do it. And I had to go through all these hurdles and I had to commit to it. Whereas these days you can have your part-time gig, but most people, most people that have this part-time gig, they're not able to do and, and I don't mean, I I'm saying that word lightly. They're not able to, they are able to, but they, they won't make the commitment and they won't make the, the, the decision to go full time with it. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, I mean, if, if you want to do multiple things, um, but I believe that it, to be highly, highly su- successful in one you know, it it really does require your full commitment to that one thing. So I'm really actually glad that that happened. And then fast forward to, I never, this again is just something I never imagined myself doing was writing a book. I, you know, everybody thinks about like, oh yeah, one day I'm going to write a book. And it's just like a fleeting idea that, that a lot of people have. And I mean, then, it, you know, again, if you look at Amazon, you look at the library, I mean, many, many people have, have succeeded at, at writing these books, but it's, you know, it's a pretty daunting task when you first take it on. And I, there was nowhere in me that was saying I should write a book. Um, I had a couple of clients that really um, followed me and really wanted me to write a book and kept saying, you know, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. And um, what ended up happening was um, a colleague of mine had asked me to do a workshop, um, a a certification training in uh, law of attraction, because it was like, all I was talking about online was law of attraction. And she wanted me to come and speak at her conference and do like a a pre-conference certification training for law of attraction. And I'm like, well, I talk a lot about law of attraction, but I don't really have like a, a training program developed or, or anything like, I mean, I, I would really have to put some thought into that. And that was the moment where I said, you know, this might be the the time to just go ahead and, and write that book. And so that was, that was way, let's see, that was about coming up on four or five years ago that I wrote Uh, practical law of attraction. But when I decided to write it, you know, it's kind of like I do everything. I like always like go big or go home. And, you know, it's like when I decided I was going to have my 
website. I didn't want to just have a few hypnosis programs. I wanted to have hundreds and hundreds of hypnosis programs. And when I decided that I was going to write my book, I decided that, you know, it's going to be a number one bestseller. And so uh, luckily, you know, I was able to kind of have all the right things kind of line up for me. You know, I got the great forward by um, a really popular law of attraction author, Michael Lozier. And uh, I got, you know, uh, Bob Doyle and Joe Vitale and a few other people. Yeah. To, uh, you know, to do endorsements inside my book. And so I was really, you know, and all of those things I manifested, you know, I, I really said that I'm going to, I'm going to be a number one bestseller. I'm going to have these people endorse my book. I'm going to have these people write the forward and, you know, and it all, it all manifested exactly as I uh, said. And, you know, and I, I held the number one position in hypnotherapy for this book um, for almost two years straight. Um, I'm about number two. I, I float between number two and number four. I haven't really been working that hard to keep it in number one place. Um, and so, and I'm fine with that. Um, I'm uh, when I went for number one, I thought I'd be number one for like an hour. <laughs> so it was quite an accomplishment to be number one for a couple of years. <laughs> that is incredible. Thank you. Yes. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, you know, I think a lot of people that I talked to on the show, they have written books. A lot of people want to write a book. So hearing your story is super powerful. Thank you. Thank you. And that's, you know, I love inspiring people. And since I've written my book, I really feel like with a lot of my colleagues have seen, you know, they, they took a look at my book as, and, you know, and I helped a lot of colleagues at my uh, hypnosis conference. Um, I put together like a four hour, um, you know, uh, training on, you know, how to become a number one bestselling author. And a lot of people actually went through that, uh, that training at that conference. And, you know, I would say it kind of, you know, it kind of nudged people to um, realize that, you know, it's, it's, it's possible for anybody to do this. Like, I don't have anything special. I don't have any special degrees or any special training or anything like that. It's just that, I wrote about something that I'm really passionate about. I, I had a very clear intention, very clear goal and the discipline. I think that that's probably one of the bigger things, just having that, that discipline to just sit down and, and get the writing done every day. <laughs> um, but, you know, once you're clear on that and you just, you know, you, and you believe in that, then you will find the motivation. Yeah. When you come from a place of inspired action through mm -hmm. lined action, you end up just doing more and you're still putting in the work. You're still putting in the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, it's, it's pleasurable time. It's inspired time. It's not like hard work. It's, you know, it's, you, you find the time because like, it doesn't even feel like you're working, you know, just, it's like, you're just putting your, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I'm, I want to share about this and, you know, and, and you just, you know, you, you just find that inspiration and, and when you're, when you're passionate about what you're doing. Very correct. Yeah. Cause I feel like that whenever I'm doing an interview, 
or Mm -hmm. recording. I just feel this jolt of energy within me. Yeah. That just excites me. And almost, it is almost overpowering, but I just got to be more grateful for it. That's what keeps me going. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to hear about your journey in hypnotherapy. When I first told my friends that my therapist did hypnotherapy, this was like 10 years ago and that I was learning about hypnosis or doing a lot of hypnosis every morning. I guess some looks are like, what? what, what do you mean you're getting hypnotized? <laughs> they thought I was going around clucking like a chicken or they, they don't necessarily understand what it is. So if you would talk about in layman's terms, what hypnotherapy is. Absolutely. I mean, really in layman's terms, it is, you know, getting your uh, mind into a receptive state so that you can uh, receive new, more empowering suggestions um, that are created by your conscious mind. So um, it's the subconscious mind. Ultimately, you have, you know, two main parts of your, of your mind. And so, you know, you have your conscious mind, that's more about short-term willpower, um, just real quick, uh, you know, short-term memory, but then your subconscious mind is ultimately what's running the show. And so, um, that's where all your programs are, your long-term memories, your emotions. And it's very, very hard sometimes for us to override, uh, that part of our mind. Cause it's a little bit more like our permanence, our beliefs. And, um, so people that, you know, they try to quit smoking or they try to lose weight or they try to get onto an exercise habit. And, you know, if you've ever noticed how you've only been able to do that for a few days, um, it's that few days that you're just willing yourself to do it, but you haven't actually really changed anything internally inside your, your brain. And so that's where hypnosis really comes in. Um, it allows you to, um, to speak to the subconscious mind and, and retrain it, reprogram it and, um, and create more permanency, uh, more of a, a way of life rather than just a temporary change. That's when, when I first started learning about manifesting in the law of attraction, one of my friends says it's more about becoming Mm-hmm. Then it is thinking that something's going to happen and then I'm magically happening. Or even, you know, you say you want something and it doesn't happen because there's something going on in your subconscious mind. So let's just put dating as an example. You really want a future life partner, but in the back of your mind, you're saying, well, I'm too old or the dating scene in the city I live in is not great. You're, you're coming up with excuses in the back of your head then does that mean, do you really want what you say you want? You, you can, you can want what you want, all you want. Um, but it, like you said, it is about being and, you know, and being is a little bit more, um, in alignment with, with what we attract. So we, we attract to ourselves, ultimately what we're, uh, uh, you know, 
aligned with, but not just like on our superficial level of thinking. So, you know, like the conscious mind is really our superficial level of thinking and it's fleeting and it goes back and forth and very quickly. It's very quick to change. One minute we'll have this idea. Another minute we'll have that idea. And, you know, so that's a very superficial level of thinking. And so a lot of times when people are trying to manifest something, um, they'll say, oh, I want to, I want a new boyfriend, but then um, they'll go on a dating site and then they'll go on a series of a few bad days. And they'll say, no, I just want to stay single <laughs> because I don't want to deal with all that mess. And so, uh, so that's kind of what I mean. It's very fleeting, but what's the you know, what's at the subconscious mind is a little bit more of what's, uh, you know, determining what's actually happening. And it's very interesting because it, it literally shows you whatever you're in alignment with. It brings about whatever you are, you believe at a subconscious level and, you know, and, and it actually has you taking actions that are in alignment with, with what you really believe at a subconscious level, even though like, you know, as like, if you're dating, you say, Oh, I want to meet this kind of man. I want to meet a nice man. Um, I want to meet somebody that's going to treat me with respect. I want to meet, you know, and you have all of your ideas about the kind of person, but you just keep meeting the same kind of guy over and over and over again. And that's because that's what you're drawn to at an internal subconscious level. So the only way to really, really break that habit, it, and it is a, it's, it's a habit. And that's where all, you know, your habits are controlled by your subconscious. Um, the only way to really change that outcome and start to meet people that are more in alignment with what you consciously say you want, you've got to change the structure of that thought process and the feelings and everything about that at the subconscious level. So you're, you're absolutely right manifesting. And that's why, um, I, to me, it was just so natural once I really, um, you know, really started diving into law of attraction, manifesting, it was like, to me, it was just like a no brainer that you needed, you need hypnosis, mm -hmm. hypnotherapy, you need it. Um, everybody needs it to make this uh, actually happen for them. I don't, I don't even think manifesting is possible, um, you know, for most people without doing some kind of limiting belief work uh, to change, you know, whatever is holding you back. Because if you believed in that, if you believed, uh, you know, uh, at a subconscious level in whatever it is that you want to manifest, you'd have it already, uh, because the subconscious mind is that powerful. It, it doesn't know the difference between what you're imagining and, and what's reality it'll, it'll bring into fruition. And that's why visualization is one of the most powerful tools. So a lot of times, you know, when people are visualizing, that's how they're actually sending those messages into their subconscious mind. Yeah, because when you visualize, you kind of bring up how you want to feel when you get the desired. It's absolutely true. Desired manifestation. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's through the visualization that that's what touches the emotions and you're it, the stronger you're able to visualize and the more frequently, um, well, the, you know, number one, the more frequently you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And, and the more frequently you do it, uh, the subconscious mind, again, not knowing the difference between what's real and what's imagined it's saying, oh yeah, we've done this so many times. And so, um, as it becomes used to that frequency of whatever it is that you're visualizing, it, you know, naturally is going to start believing the things that you're showing it. Yeah. And how long do you think it normally takes, um, engaging in hypnosis for the subconscious to start changing? You know, it's, it's, the it's probably one of the most commonly asked questions is, is how long does it take? And I just want to, um, answer that by mentioning all of the things that that depends upon. Um, so, you know, number one, it really depends on like how far you are from what you want to manifest. So like, if you're a thousand air <laughs> and you want to manifest, um, being a 10,000 error, um, you know, that's probably, that's not a huge distance, but like, if you're a thousand error and you want to manifest being a millionaire, there's a, there's a much big, bigger distance between where you are and, and what you want to manifest. So that's number one is like, how far apart are you from your goal? Um, number two, like how deep are the limiting beliefs that you have? that would maybe be keeping you from uh, achieving that. Um, number three, like how deep is your desire for that? If it's like something like, oh yeah, you know, kind of like to have that, then, you know, that may not be enough manifesting power uh, to get you, you know, to where you want. So, you know, it it really, it can be as little as I always say, that manifesting happens when, and I talk about what the eight manifesting conditions are in my book, Practical Law of Attraction. So manifesting happens the moment that you're in alignment with all eight manifesting conditions, which are desire, thought, visualization, uh, belief, imagination, creative attraction, inspired action, and the manifestation itself. Um, so what, you know, when, when, you know, when you know, uh, you know, what those eight manifesting conditions are and like how solid you are in each one of those, um, then that can kind of be a gauge to tell you, how far are you from being able to manifest it? I know people want to hear me say like, oh yeah, it takes 30 days or it takes seven days or it takes yeah. 24 hours or it takes yeah. a year, but there's, you know, I'd be lying to to say there's any way to like give you that kind of number um, because it, it's really all about all of those things being in alignment. Fantastic. That's like super inspiring. I'm just getting chills listening to this. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. And then you work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I do. Yeah. I do. What? Tell me an example of, you know, I'll just say the name or anything like that, but a client and a, and a turnaround that you saw with a client. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, one, one lady that I worked with and, you know, she, uh, you know, she, she sent me this message on my YouTube video recently. I had no idea. Sometimes you don't know the moment that it happens and, and people send you these inspiring messages because sometimes they don't even know that this was a, a pitiful moment, just the same way you didn't know that, all that, you know, you look back on when things actually did start to transform for you, you don't realize in that moment. So years later, she contacted me and said, you know, I was living out of my car. I barely had a pot to piss in. And, you know, um, you know, I, I was working with you on this and, um, I was able to, you know, like within a year, I was able to turn all of that around, get my own place and get my own, get a job. And I'm now, uh, in school, you know, uh, for being a vet tech. And that was something that I, you know, had always wanted to, to do. And so now I'm on my way to living my dreams and, you know, like meeting me, um, and, and going through that was one of the most pivotal, pivotal, <laughs> pivotal moments for her. And like, and I, you know, I, I get all these, like these little stories like that, big stories, little stories, um, you know, especially, especially, you know, I mean, I impact so many more people through my, um, uh, my app and my, um, my podcast and, and, you know, the, the website and, and things like that, you know, I see, a few clients, um, a week now, um, you know, it's much different than at the beginning, but so many more people, you know, I can reach, you know, through all of these other, um, kind of inexpensive ways of, of getting the help that they need. And so anyway, so that was probably one of the, you know, that's the story that stands out to me today. <laughs> yeah. And it's just amazing how the internet alone has given so many resources, the people that need them, whether it be getting another degree or learning about the law of attraction. Really? Yes, it really has. I mean, the internet, like pretty much anything that you can imagine, I mean, you can find or you can do using the internet. I mean, like anything. And, and you know, it's just a matter of being resourceful. And so I always, I mean, there's different levels of, um, of re you know, of resources and getting, you know, getting service. I mean, you can piece everything together yourself and that can take time and that can take energy and that can take trial and error. And, but the, all of those resources are available to the average person. And, you know, what we do as, you know, um, course creators and, um, you know, people who, you know, see clients is we just make all, take all of that and, and speed up the time that it actually takes you to get the, the results, because we've done all the trial and error. We've done all the, the research and we're continuing, uh, you know, to do all that, all that research, research. And, you know, and so that's where really the value is in, um, going and, you know, spending money, um, to, you know, to see somebody or to even, you know, subscribe to an app or, you know, that, that kind of thing. Fantastic. And I want to revisit 
there's something about what I'm revisit with you. It's talking about your career as a stockbroker. Yeah. I to know that women are only, they only make up like 10% of financial leadership positions. <laughs> there was a lot of subconscious, I would say maybe your subconscious beliefs, but there's a lot of unstated beliefs around women and finance and women and math in general. You know, yeah. it's really true. I mean, wait, you know, way back in the day, I mean, women weren't even, you know, in the work force or allowed to vote or, or all of those um, things that we, you know, that we now have access to. And so I think it's just, you know, we learn from our mothers and they learned from their mothers and, and all of these beliefs are generationally handed down. And even on a cellular level, I mean, people, you know, they learn things from hearing conversations, even in the womb. And so I would say that um, now I was pretty fortunate because I grew up in a uh, women's lib household. My mom was in all of the the groups and everything, you know, helping women to get rights. And and so I um, I had a very different upbringing than most most women. And I never for even a moment like experienced any kind of feeling like, like I didn't even know, like I was, I, I was actually kind of almost ignorant to what women could or could not do, like what, where their place was. Like I, I even asked men out on dates because I didn't even have, <laughs> I didn't even have a context for like women do this and men do that, you know, like <laughs> I just, you know, I just didn't grow up like that. It wasn't until I ultimately, I became an adult that I realized, you know, you should probably let the man, man, you know, approach you kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, and then, um, you know, so I've kind of calmed down a little bit since, <laughs> since then, but it does it, you know, all of these beliefs, they, they just get handed down and, you know, it didn't even really even occur to me either when I was a stockbroker at 28 and I went on my, uh, you know, training. And there were like 107 uh, people in this training, seven of which were women. And, you know, <laughs> and then it just, even in my office that I worked, I think there were maybe, you know, just under a handful of women and like 30 men. And, um, you know, and, and I just, I don't know. I just, I, it it didn't bother me. It didn't impact me. Anytime um, I had to go speak to, uh, you know, my manager, I always saw eye to eye. Like I always just, I, I never like was, I, I, I never like submitted or uh, to any kind of authority. I just always just was like, I'm a person, he's a person. And, <laughs> you know, and it, it just, and I think when you, I think that's something that it's, it's very deeply ingrained in a, in a lot of uh, women that, you know, still to this day uh, that there's certain things that you can't do, but I feel like I'm pretty much living proof. I've been working. I've always, even in, I think hypnotherapy ha was uh, for, for a time it was, uh, I mean, most of the leaders in our industry are men. 
and uh, very, you know, I mean, there's a lot of women working in this industry because it's a very touchy-feely healing modality. But even in, in the, you know, most of the leaders that are in this industry are men. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, um, yeah, I don't, I, does that answer your question? I hope I addressed that. It was, it was just very curious for me. I, I really, I grew up around all brothers. So the whole like women's place, men's place, I don't know that I even realized there were just typical gender roles until yeah. I was in high school because I was raised by a career woman and mm-hmm. my parents worked, but I remember things that were being tossed around. I was the only person in my history class that thought I would see a female president one day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Small town I went to high school in. And yeah, it, it kind of woke me up as a culture shock of what people believed at the time. And I think that's still embedded into a lot of subconscious minds that there's only something, there's some things that quote unquote men do better than women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I honestly, I just, I never really subscribed uh, to any of that, even when I realized like, oh, you know, that there is this thing out there um, where, you know, women, uh, you know, believe that, you know, I just, I just never really subscribed to a lot of, a lot of, a lot of that. Yeah. And good for you for not subscribing to that. These 95% of our listeners are women. Mm -hmm. So we're all about just breaking through societal norms and going with the heart, going with what we really want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and I'm here to say, I mean, it's like the, you know, the sky is really the limit as to what you can achieve, no matter like what level of uh, like education you have, um, that was another little norm that I broke out of when, so I, I had decided that, you know, I, I didn't go to college and I had decided that I was going to take a year off Well, I just actually never went back. <laughs> and, um, and then when I decided to become a stockbroker at the time, I was a sales assistant. Uh, so kind of my journey with that, you know, as I was a sales assistant for a brokerage firm, then I became a registered sales assistant. So I got my broker's license on my own without, you know, um, you know, a lot of the brokers they're hired, um, and then they have three months to pass, you know, to, to pass the test. And so I already had my exam taken and, uh, one of the things when I went to apply to be a stockbroker is, you know, the the branch manager where I was working at the time told me, oh, once a sales assistant, always a sales assistant. Oh, no. And yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was to me, that was kind of like one of those little moments where I kind of did feel like he was trying to put pigeonhole me. Uh, into a stereotype. And so I wasn't ever going to be able to work for that firm. And so um, we had in our building, we had three firms. And so I went upstairs uh, to the 12th floor and banged on the door and asked, asked them, could I work there? <laughs> and uh, for about a month, I I kept going back because the guy um, kept rejecting me, but he wasn't really 
firm about it. Like he was kind of rejecting me. And then I just kept asking and he's like, well, you know, he's like, you need, you're supposed to have a, a college degree. Like that's one of the things, you know, but he, again, he just wasn't really firm about it. Like I just knew there was, there was an opening. And so I just, I just kept every day. I just go up and it's like, can I work here? Can I work here? Can I work here? And, um, within like about 30 days, he, he gave me an opportunity and, um, you know, and then, so that's, I was, you know, extremely proud, uh, to be working there and to go through all the training. And that's why it was so hard on me years later when I was like, what the heck, you know, I, I worked so hard to get this position and it's like now now I don't feel grateful for it anymore now I don't feel like I'm passionate about this but I think part of it was just the defeating the the norm of what uh you know and and just overcoming that challenge and once I had overcome all the challenges it was kind of like oh kind of maybe it was just like on to the next thing Totally okay. I feel like career path. I had a conversation with the other day. Careers no longer look linear; they look more like jungle gyms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of all over the place. I I did a job that I loved for well, I loved it for the first three years that I did it, and then after that, it just felt like Groundhog Day. I was doing the same thing over and over again. Yes. I recently switched to corp from corporate to nonprofit. And nonprofit it just lights me up to do what I do. Yeah. All about just empowering others and getting them up leveled in their life. Absolutely. It's so important to do what you love and to have passion for what you, what you do. Cause eventually, and I think, I think, a you know, a couple of the, the reasons my rationale for getting involved in that, um, it wasn't even so much the money initially, the money, uh, became so good that, it was like, oh, like I'm wearing golden handcuffs. It's like, how do I, uh, you know, how do I leave this situation? Cause it's like, I'm, I'm set. And, you know, it's like, how do I, it was really difficult to leave, but it wasn't the initial attraction. I think the initial attraction was just proving to myself that I could make it, uh, for the first year and that I could, um, live on because you know you, you the very first year you're on a declining salary until you're a hundred percent on commission so I was on you know a hundred percent commission pretty much from you know 1994 um till you know um I mean I've never actually had a salary since 1994 um, because, you know, when I was a stockbroker, uh, for the first year I had a declining salary into nothing. And then, um, event, eventually you're just a hundred percent commission. And so I, you know, it was, and, and I outlasted most of the rookie brokers. We had like 12 or 15 rookie brokers, um, that started with me at that time. I was like last man standing, um, but I was the only woman <laughs> out of those rookie brokers. <laughs> yeah. That's that's incredible. I had no idea that stockbrokers weren't on salary. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent commission. At least 
at least back in the day, I, it could have changed since I, you know, did that, but, um, that was, you know, I left in 1999, but yeah, it, it's pretty much, um, I think most sales job, like high end sales jobs like that are, are either all commission or most, mostly commission, um, yeah. or a draw, you know, some kind of a draw, but yeah, you know, and so that was, that was the first time in my life ever of just like, um, paying my own way ultimately. And then of course, uh, you know, running your own business, uh, there's no salary. <laughs> yeah. Some of my most successful friends and my friends that are happiest in their career milestones have taken that risk into yeah. being their own source of income. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super fulfilling and gratifying. I think that's probably one of the um, I mean, you know, let's face it, if I probably stayed a stockbroker um for all that time, I don't know, I would probably i I'd probably um make more money doing that uh, you know, 10 years later if I had done it another 10 years. But at the same time, I I also think it's not sustainable to uh when you lose your passion for something, you're not gonna be able to make this the, you're not going to be able to put as much energy into it at that, that would, um, create the same kind of, you know, money. And so I think, um, you know, I think you have to have passion in order to ultimately, um, have success. Yeah. My, uh, my coach actually, she left a six figure job doing mm -hmm. hair and now she makes money being a writer, podcaster, coach. I mean, just doing what she loves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you said, that is, that's the most important thing. You keep going by being, we talked about this off the air, but being self-starters, being self-motivated and what keeps you self-motivated. Yeah. That inspiration. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, tell everyone, we talked about your HypnoCloud app. We talked about your books. Tell us all how we can continue to support from you and hear from you. Oh, absolutely. There's so many ways. Um, the main thing, just so you don't have to keep up with a whole bunch of different things, is just go to my website, victoriamgallagher.com. And, you know, from there, I mean, you'll find, um, you know, my my Hip Talk website where I have the over 500 different downloads there, um, or the app HypnoCloud, um, or you'll find my books or you'll find my courses on personal growth club, um, you know, YouTube power remind podcast. It's all there. <laughs> There's so many different ways to keep up with me. And, uh, so just go to Victoria M Gallagher.com and, um, you know, choose your path. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. This is extremely inspirational and, I know I look forward to keeping up with you and I'm sure thousands of listeners will be keeping up with you as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being on your podcast and uh, I, you know, look forward to um, just continuing to inspire the world and uh, you know um, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. You 
are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. 